Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this episode of Four Center is one of our deep dives. We're going to dive deep into the character of Qui Gon Jinn, the true Jedi. I said that with an exclamation point, but some mm-hmm. people might say it with a question mark. The true Jedi? That's kind of what we're going to be discussing, and I'm happy 
to be discussing it. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsok, and I'm here for Quagon Hot Takes that are actually cold because they're 20 years old. <laughs> Rewarmed Quagon Takes. Exactly. Ah, we we're going to have a ton of fun with that. Love it. Microwave Quagon Takes. Exactly. We're going to slap Quagon in the microwave, and mm-hmm. he's going to be delicious, but a little clammy. Anyway, uh, we, we always want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. Great book that kicked off the High Republic. The next uh, book in the uh, the adult line, uh, The Rising Storm, is coming out soon. So it's a great time if you haven't yet dove into uh, the High Republic, uh, give Light of the Jedi a listen. You can download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. But Ken, there is another. There is another. And uh, the uh, offer we're offering is from Inside Editions, a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books. And they're offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. To get your discount, enter the coupon code FC35 or visit the website with this link, InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, Star Wars Owner's Workshop Manual, Rebel Starfighters. Check it out with the code FC35. Excellent. Uh, very, very excited to see if people are going to check out uh, Rebel Starfighters. Uh, we had some listeners uh, checking out Galactic Baking and sending us pictures of their baking. So uh, if you get this uh, Rebel Starfighter book, uh, send us a picture of your Lego Starfighters. That'd be great. Uh, we are going to dive in now with Qui-Gon. We're going to talk about lots of different things, kind of like we do for some of our uh, episode breakdowns. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, favorite moments and stuff like that, but we're going to spend this first part of the co- podcast talking about the the big picture the big ideas and i just wanted to start with the thesis ken because i think it's going to inform our conversation uh i feel like for a long time people liked qui-gon and talked about him in a positive way uh, because they perceived him as a rebel or a a gray Jedi. And they're probably responding to his, you know, actual defiance of the Jedi Council in the movie. He does seem like a rebel defying the will of the Council. But with more time and more perspective and more canon, like the great book, A Master and Apprentice, I think that the story is, and probably always has been, that Qui-Gon is not the rebel, Qui-Gon is the true Jedi, and it's the Council who have lost their way. Yes, I am making the Simpsons argument. It's the children who are wrong about Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, Ken, do you do you agree with this take that Qui-Gon is a true Jedi, not a maverick? And if so, why? Prove me wrong, children. Prove me wrong. Um, I am 100% behind, excuse me, your hot take here, if that's the hot take. <laughs> No, this has been been one of the things, and I, I, in many ways, might serve as a, as a, as a poster child for the growth and uh, appreciation of Qui Gon as a character and understanding the character a little bit more. Because on the surface, you're absolutely right; he is a rebel, rebel man. He's got that rebel yell. Uh, we, I've always said, those Jedi are more popular to him. The Quinlan bosses, uh, those kind of Jedi. We, we, the concept of gray Jedi. I understand the appeal, and Qui Gon seem to represent a lot of that uh you go to the core go to phantom menace it's not there it is it is qui-gon 
uh, planting his flag going, we should be here and you're all moving away, which was more in line with what George was trying to get across. Um, it's there. It's, it's in the, it's in the movie. It's in the wig. <laughs> so I, I really do. He is a rebel by saying, no, I'm staying right here in a way. Yeah. That, that's where I really come down. Um, I know a lot of people have different strong opinions about the great Jedi. Uh, and for me, there, there isn't, they're just in the story of star Wars. For me, I don't think there are gray Jedi. I don't think that there are Jedi who like, I dabble in a little bit of hate on the side, you know, for me, that's not a thing. I think the the story of the Jedi, which is a human story, is that they are beings. They are capable of being flawed. And what makes them special and what makes them amazing is not just their powers, but their acknowledgement that we have all these powers, these abilities, and we are going to commit ourselves to striving to do our very best uh, to use them in a selfless way to help other people not obsess with acquiring more power, not become, you know, rigid and dogmatic, but we're going to really strive to stay on this path of the light. And that to me is, is what makes a Jedi a Jedi. So you can point to a lot of Jedi and go, Ooh, but they screwed up or they did this or they broke this rule. And to me, that doesn't make them gray Jedi. Mm-hmm. They make some Jedi who stumbled a little bit, you know? Yeah. And then the other side of that is a uh, Jedi who don't stumble, Jedi who leap <laughs> yeah. into a, a pursuit of the dark side. Uh, so th- that's kind of where, where I sit with the great Jedi. Um, and I get why why it, it is natural to go, oh, well, Yoda and Mace Windu, they're the council and they are the Jedi. And so Qui-Gon's going, being the one who goes, I'm not doing that. And even Obi-Wan, who we're, we're coded to think is, is wise and, and agree with, um, is yeah. going, hey, why don't, why don't you just follow the council's rules instead of being a maverick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you just drive the speed limit, Qui-Gon? And Qui-Gon puts on his sunglasses and says, no, you know? Those yellow framed ones, yeah. <laughs> yes, my speedometer is in my heart. You know, like, yeah. There, it's easy. I understand why many of us, myself included, really took the, mm-hmm. the rebel path. But yep. I, I think when you break down what's in The Phantom Menace, uh, here are just a couple of quick bullet points from me, Ken, yep. that, that show what, what I feel. He shows flexibility. He adapts to situations in the moment. He has opinions and wisdom and knowledge but when he encounters new things and new places and new ideas he adapts to them and that is what the jedi want to be and in contrast we see the council being very rigid and very doubting and knowing the way that things are um also qui-gon shows great compassion and not in a theoretical way where the jedi are sitting on coruscant going in theory we protect all individuals we absolutely believe that all individuals are special and unique within the force uh but that's like our mission statement and we see qui-gon actively showing compassion to people like jar jar and anakin who uh, you know the jedi might be in risk of overlooking mm-hmm. um he also focuses in the movie on on what he can control which is a big thing about the Jedi of you take personal responsibility for your actions and you accept that there are larger things sometimes that are out of your hands and you let it go. And he's so focused on supporting Padme, uh, protecting her, but not fighting a war for her in, in acting when things are under his control to act. And then the final bullet point for me is I feel like he focuses on truly on the light side, on hope and possibility. When he encounters uh, Anakin, it's like an epiphany for him. It's Mm. this great possibility 
uh, of hope and wonder, you know? He doesn't fear anything about Anakin. He embraces it. He might show concern, and if he lived, he might have acted on, you right. know, concerns of problems that are presenting themselves in the moment. Uh, but he really focused on hope and possibility when facing Anakin. And the council uh, is kind of motivated by fear. Like, we only see the possibility, uh, we're only seeing the negative. We only see the possibility uh, that he's too old, that he uh, has too much fear, and that it's all going to go wrong. So, nope. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just a picture of him being, you know, uh, flexible, compassionate, uh, hopeful, and the Jedi being, the council in particular, being a little rigid, distant, and fearful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and this and this is all it's 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 all there for the understanding to go back home to the original point and so in line with Lucas's core beliefs, but it's it's all there and and it and it, and it flows on out. You you you're describing stuff and I'm thinking of Luke in um in his hut over over Ben. <laughs> you know, being afraid of what he sees as one possible future, what Ray even tells him, you know. Um I see that be, be going all the way to the Phantom Menace and and what and and and, and what Qui-Gon would have said about that, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, and that constant Jedi challenge to say, we have appointed ourselves uh, guardians. We're trying to uh, stop violence, and we're trying to promote peace. And then when we see the possibility of violence, we our reaction is to maybe get frightened for a moment. And and that's when, when Jedi make mistakes. And it's such a, a great story because it's such a difficult uh, yeah. path to walk. I also think that, you know, when the film first came out, uh, I think a lot of us were who grew up with the original trilogy weren't on the same page yet with what Lucas was trying to do uh, oh. in that we expected to see the Jedi at their height, you know, these great guardians of peace and justice. And I think we saw something much more nuanced where it's like, we see a council of people who are trying to be guardians of peace and justice, mm. but they've failed a little bit. And then here's uh, Liam Neeson <laughs> uh, looking like he's breaking all the rules, but really trying to continue the, the spirit and the tenant of the Jedi. Oh, hundred percent. It, it, it's the Jedi taken down from within. Right. And we're just, we're focused on the outward threats and the Palpatine of it all, but he's the Phantom Menace. He knew where to, he knew where to get them. He knew how to play them. He knew where, where the cracks were. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. So now that we're on the same page about, uh, about the thesis and, and I, I fully, uh, understand that maybe some, uh, listeners aren't, but we want to be fair with that's kind of our perspective and, and where we're discussing Qui-Gon from. Uh, let's get into some Qui-Gon details. Uh, where does he currently sit for you as a character? Is he a favorite character, you know, in a ranking? Would you rank him high? And and if you do like him, you know, what's the magic? Why do you like him? Yeah, I think my appreciation of him has grown over the years, continues to grow um, when you realize just how, how important he is to a lot of uh, the outlook uh, of Star Wars and, and what Star Wars as a as a story, as a saga is trying to say. He, he he is uh you you know you have a thesis for this episode he, he's kind of uh because he shows up in episode one he, he's uh, he's a thesis for a lot of thesis statement for a lot of things coming down the pipeline uh what not to do what to do and, and how to deal with it and how to how to deal with complicated things and you know there's some there's some blurred edges on some of the little things Quagon does <laughs> that I can't wait to discuss um so he's grown and and he is is he's grown in stature respect. Um, I'm so glad he's there, which is a it's something we'll come back to in a second. Um, and I don't know. I'm trying to think of the ranking. I'm like, I don't know. He's he's in his own category. The category. <laughs> but you do like him like you when you think him. about him, you light up. <laughs> I do. I love him. Right. I love him. And and I, I want to continue to learn 
or about him. This is an episode where I, you know, yeah, I watched the Phantom Menace. I reread the story, uh, Master and Apprentice, in the from a certain point of view. And I wished I wish I had more time to read Master and Apprentice, the the Claudia Gray novel. And she, of course, wrote that story, uh, just because I think Qui Gon, when studied, continues to reward you as a Star Wars fan. That's a great, great observation. The uh, the text of Qui Gon is unfolding, and <laughs> yeah, it invites you to do some scholarly thinking about old Qui-Gon mm-hmm. yeah I think for me he is he's such a unique character because he's very you know important he is very big in the Phantom Menace uh but there isn't a ton of storytelling about him he just right. really pops up when when Qui-Gon must pop up um so I think he's a, a fascinating character to discuss I also just think that he is a, a very fun character to watch in the Phantom Menace um mm-hmm. Enjoy reading about him. Enjoy his voice popping up many times in many places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but his his big, you know, uh, starring role in The Phantom Menace, I think I just really love that calm demeanor that I love watching him as a character because he's this great mix of calm and confident, not overly arrogant. Like he dances on the edge because yep. he's a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure of his own wisdom. And he's been around the block. He's been around the galaxy, you know, and he is a little condescending to Padme at times. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when the truth is fully realized, he is utterly supportive and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is a partner to her. And I think overall watching Phantom Menace, um, trying to think of like, why, why, it, what is so joyful about watching Qui-Gon for me? And I think when you combine all of these things of calm, confident, uh, maybe gets a little arrogant, but then takes it back. It's like he's he's just like a cool dad with a lightsaber. <laughs> you know, there's like I love Obi Wan, but one of the things I love about him is because he's full, so full of tension, and you don't know when you're going to get the, the slightly too arrogant Kenobi. You don't know when you're going to get uh, the snarky Kenobi. You don't know when you're going to get the really thoughtful Kenobi who takes a deep breath and looks at things from every perspective. You know, there's great, great tension in Kenobi and there isn't as much tension in Qui-Gon. Like there definitely is some, but it's just really like the, uh, you know, you you have your friend in life who just always has their bleep together. Yeah. Qui-Gon just has his bleep together and it's, and he's got a lightsaber and it's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking about some of the stuff, um, and Obi-Wan's kind of like, come on, man, just just stay in line. You get you'll get the promotion that you want. You get under the council. There's a spot open up, you know, it's yours if you want. And and Qui-Gon is he's not screaming, pounding his fist. He's a little probably upset at some of the decisions, but he's he knows who he is. He knows where he's going. And it's not just stoicism. He's not just stoic. Um, he's got a warmth to him. He's involved. He's engaged. Uh, definitely out opinions. Yeah. The, the Padme moments we can talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying, Nick. He, he, he's a, he's a through line. He's a straight line. We always talk about Padme being, um, the moral compass of uh, a lot of the prequel era, particularly the Clone Wars series. Uh, uh Qui-Gon's that for me too. He's, you always know where he is and what he's going to be. And, and is very fun to watch. He, he, Liam Neeson's got some great little facial reactions too in the background. Oh yeah. No, he, he's, he's got, a, there's a lot of acting going on, even though it is uh very calm and, and consistent mm-hmm. and measured. Uh, what was your reaction back to Qui- to Qui Gon back in the the late nineties? Back in in the uh, the announcement of the casting up to his actual performance. What were your Qui Gon and Liam Neeson feelings back in the day? Yeah, man, that's that's a great one to to kind of transport yourself back to. Is um, 
really excited. I mean, you know, you might know him as Dark Man, or you know him from uh, Schindler's List, or Rob Roy was around the time. I think you know when was when the news would probably be in '97 ish, right? That he 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 was cast. I think to, so. Yeah, Rob Roy was in our rearview mirror, and you know that's it's kind of a Jedi like character. You're thinking, all right, or you know, you got a sword, you got you got some sword and some ideals. So it, it was it was exciting, and uh, and I didn't think. Um, you know, I knew I knew who all the all the characters were. You know, Padme, and Natalie Portman, and and Samuel L. Jackson. Like, I, this was like an all star of mid '90s pop culture references coming into this cast. So I was super excited. We've about, cast the MTV Music Awards. Yeah, as the cast of Phantom Minutes. Yeah, it's a, it's a time capsule for sure. So I was definitely excited, uh, and it just made sense, right? Tall, strapping. Powerful sounding Liam Neeson being a Jedi. Oh, that's great. That that just was a home run. Yeah. Yeah. I mostly knew Liam Neeson as the guy from Dark Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was very aware of Schindler's List, but I didn't see Rob Roy. I don't think I saw a lot of his films. Uh and yeah, I think I I think I was excited because I knew him as an actor with some gravitas. Yeah. Uh and definitely like a presence, but not any sort of like it's a big uh, muscle bound action star. You know, yeah. it was somebody who had presence, uh, but had a little bit of that uh, potential serene quality of a Jedi. So yeah, I was always excited uh, for the casting. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm, and when the actual movie came out, <laughs> uh, were you charmed uh, or, you know, we've talked about a lot how, how as people who grew up with the original trilogy, it, it took some processing mm-hmm. uh, for the full flower of the Phantom Menace to unfold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but w- uh, what kind of petal uh, was Qui-Gon uh, uh, for you? It bloomed. Um, I, 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 I liked him. I liked it. Uh, I didn't get a lot of it. Right. And, and I was definitely, and I know, I know it's here. It's our, our, our little um, kind of follow up here. Um, I was one of those like, where was he before? Why was this new character I've never heard of so important? And that doesn't line up for me. And maybe I, I didn't want him there. I had a little bit of that vibe, even though I was like, no, I like him. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's probably, he's probably one of the best parts of the movie. Why is he there? I remember yeah. those kind of conversations. Now, was it for you like an interpretation of the original trilogy? Is it because the way Obi-Wan talks about first meeting Anakin, it doesn't sound like there's anybody there? Did did you kind of resent uh, Qui-Gon for disrupting your headcanon? hundred percent. hundred percent. Because remember, you know, I've, I've read the novelizations at this point, which, you know, in my head, I'm like, you know, Owen Lars is Obi-Wan's brother. You know, come on. We all we all know this, right? And <laughs> And it just, I didn't have an answer for it. And yeah. I couldn't play in the margins at 22 watching that film again. Yeah. I, liked him. I, I liked him, but it was like, uh, cause I had the figure, <laughs> but you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't find a reason to wrap my head around the head cannon of where he was in the, in, in the shadows of the original trilogy. Yeah. Well, let, let's dive into that because, um, yeah, I liked his performance. You know, I think just stylistically, there is a little bit of a, a different tone mm-hmm. in, you know, uh, the acting from the original trilogy to, um, the prequel trilogy, and I thought even even though for me there was a little bit of that tonal shift, I thought a lot of the actors in um, in Phantom Menace were great. I thought Ewan McGregor in particular was just bursting with charm, and I thought mm-hmm. a, a lot of my favorite moments were very charming Qui-Gon moments, so I, I always liked the character. I always liked his performance, and I don't think I was as upset about that uh, 
potential Obi-Wan displacement. So let, let's dive into that because you're right, that's yeah. a huge thing. Um, yeah. At that time of release, you know, it was a common opinion that Qui-Gon was redundant and it should have been Obi-Wan. You know, even to this day, I, I googled uh, the machete order viewing suggestion uh, and I found an article from, I believe, this year. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> still advocating for the machete order and telling people about it and and saying that you should just cut the Phantom Menace out. Like, Liam Neeson's performance is good, but everything in it is unnecessary. The character of Qui-Gon is, is completely unnecessary. So, you know, there's still people who feel that way. Did you ever feel like Qui-Gon was totally unneeded and and redundant? And, and how did you get past it? Yeah, I did feel that. And it's nice to look back and see how far I've grown. <laughs> um, I think that's just pure folly. I really do. Uh, I, I really do. If, if you're here for, to, to understand Star Wars on a deeper level, and that includes the silly stuff and the fun stuff and the pew, 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 uh, whatever. But I, we want to dig deeper here as, 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 uh, as we mature Star Wars fans and grow as Star Wars fans. And, you know, you start at six, seven, three, whatever age, and Star Wars grows with you. It's there for you. This is one of the big points for me personally. Um, I... I'm intrigued by the idea. Look, uh, uh, Chris Taylor's book, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, there is, um, uh, that goes in deep into like the first draft, so to speak, of, of Phantom Menace, where it's it's more um, Obi-Wan centric, right? And mm -hmm. I, I think at, at any point, maybe Qui-Gon shows up late in it if he's there at all. And I was, I'm intrigued to that. And look, there's probably a timeline where that exists and we, and, and we never hear about Qui-Gon or he pops up in the background and we never question it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it would have worked for me. I, uh, so therefore I understand where that comes from. But I think when you start to switch your lens, and rack focus, stop focusing on uh, Kenobi, this character you grew up with and focus on the bigger picture and there, there's Qui-Gon right in the center of it. He's necessary to, to everything that George is trying to tell in, this, in the prequels. And, and again, necessary to the big um, where Star Wars lands on what you should choose or how you should choose it or why you should choose sides and destiny and choices. He's at the center of that. So he's necessary to everything in Star Wars, not just the film. Yeah, no, I love the way you're saying that. There's so much in The Phantom Menace that gives the answers that you know, Anakin or Obi-Wan might have needed that they that they don't quite take. Um, some of them Kenobi does, but like a lot of that comes from Shmi and a lot of that comes from Qui-Gon. And I, I so like that that film starts with like, here is a lot of the wisdom, but you can't, characters can't quite grab onto it or, or hold mm -hmm. onto it or they're more affected by the loss of these uh, figures who gave them that needed wisdom and compassion. Uh, yeah. But traveling back in time for me, um, I think I bumped more on the Jedi had always sounded nomadic to me. Nothing in the original trilogy just absolutely comes out and says that. It's just mm -hmm. what I always inferred that like, you know, you travel around and you find a master and Obi-Wan found Yoda and he taught him. And then Obi-Wan was like, Hey, I found this kid. I can teach him. <laughs> right. You know, so I bumped more on, Oh, there's a whole council. It's a whole process. You know, they got a manual, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and that stuff now is that's, the, that's been a part of the canon, the Jedi Order, the Master and the Apprentice, the Padawan for so long that those feelings are all, you know, kind of ancient. Uh, so I didn't get as concerned as much. I was too distracted by that to get concerned that, like, Qui-Gon shouldn't be here. Yeah. The reason that Qui-Gon never felt redundant or unneeded to me is on my first viewing, and I had lots of conflicted feelings on that first viewing, but on that first viewing, I felt the weight of Anakin and Obi-Wan being thrust together. Mm -hmm. And 
that uncomfortable, unsure look on young Anakin's face when he's already, he's got the little robes, he's got the braid, but he's got a bunch of doubt. And you mm-hmm. see that Obi-Wan was a, a hot-headed apprentice ready to uh, prove himself, you know? And I've often talked about how I kind of relate to Kenobi uh, in the the prequel films because that I was really young and headstrong and starting my journey into true adulthood. And I think maybe it hit me viscerally there of like that. Hey, what happened? What if the, what if you just moved out? You know, you, you got your car, you got your apartment, you got your adult life. And then as soon as you have those things, here's a kid to take care of, (laughs) you know, how would that feel to you? How would that feel to the kid? And that, always affected me i always felt the weight of obi-wan didn't decide to take on anakin because he believed in him so much he was fulfilling a promise to his master that always resonated with me yes it is the the duel of the fates of of uh the 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 theme there behind phantom menace we again we we mentioned a lot that feloni speech and the mandalorian behind the scenes show and while he goes into that lightsaber fight but now i see now I see Kenobi could not be the main character. It, it was not his story. It, it's it's the big saga's launch point, and and Qui Gon is battling like you know Filoni says for, for these these fates. Maul representing one side, Kenobi the other side. So it just makes sense. It it it, it needs him there for that. And we know the way it goes. And you're talking about that end scene and the credits and yeah, the Gungan band plays and plays and plays, but you play that end credits out and it ends with Anakin's, uh, 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 the, 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 the Vader theme and the breathing and it's ominous. And I always took, um, I took those ominous clouds coming over that happy scene, that peace orb scene at the end because <laughs> of Anakin's face because Obi-Wan's kind of like, uh, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, and that makes more and more sense to me as time goes on. If Phantom Menace had just been, hi, I'm Obi-Wan. I got my bleep together. Cool. Let's train this kid. It, it's not the same story to me. I think that's really it. Of like, it, it, and I think uh, you know, possibly why Lucas made that change is is Obi Wan can be the uh, flawed young man with hubris, or he can be the grounded, insightful, you know, master. Right. Uh, and I think making the choice of like, oh no, Kenobi needs to be younger and have plenty of growth himself. Uh, it makes sense that the person who found Anakin and said, yes, absolutely, he needs to be trained. This is important. He is important, uh, is somebody who should be grounded and, and wise and and sort of complete and full as a Jedi. Um, and I think because of all that, then we get what we were talking about at the top. What I think makes Qui-Gon so essential is not just the this loss of the, the gentle, wise uh, parental presence, um, but that he completes the picture of the Jedi losing touch. Because if the Jedi are in their, in their council on Coruscant and they believe all these things, but they've lost touch with acting them out in reality, then Qui-Gon is this visceral reminder in the actual film of what it actually means to be a Jedi. Mm, mm, yeah, there it is. Uh, so let's talk about uh, if Qui-Gon is the main character of the Phantom Menace, Ken. Uh, if you accept the idea that Qui-Gon is the main character of the Phantom Menace, which does have an, a, an untraditional uh, structure mm-hmm. in, in some ways, which uh, people do uh, sometimes uh, have problems with, uh, of who is the main character, who am I rooting for, why, all those things. If you accept the idea that Qui-Gon is the main character, what is his arc in this film? What changes for him from beginning, middle to end? Mm. This is the one 
yeah, I've been, I've been trying to really wrap my head around what I want to say here. Uh, and, and, you know, also I think you would agree Padme probably maybe a co-lead in this one here. Uh, definitely her story here, but focusing on Qui-Gon, it, it's just where he begins, where he begins the story. He live, you know, always about uh, the now, but being be mindful of the future and how he just, he grows to have just an absolute, absolute um, belief, belief and faith, faith in the unknown future. He's, he's, he is about the now, but he, he really, for me, starts to invest in what he feels Anakin will be in the future, what he could be in the future, and cements himself. Uh, uh, I don't want to say confirms his dis- disillusionment with the Jedi. He's probably already there, but I think he's more more certain he's that's the right path or he's on the right path. Uh, and and I, I it, you know, he he it's subtle for me. For me, it's subtle, but like he he really gets convinced. When the midichlorian count comes back, he's getting, he's talking to Anakin, the blood sound. It, it, I watched that scene even just this morning. It, and it's just like, he's like, yeah, something's cooking here. And I'm, I'm about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really agree with everything you're saying. And I think it, trying to state it in the simplest way possible, which I will likely fail at, <laughs> is I think he goes from someone whose uh, belief has been tortured to somebody whose uh, belief has been confirmed yeah, uh, and reinvigorated. Uh, I feel like in the beginning, he's got a real, like, I'm, we're, I'm a Jedi. I'm going about my business. Business as usual, calmly taking care of it. Yeah. These uh, Federation types are cowards. The negotiations will go by quickly. Oh, it's a slightly bigger than problem than that. Okay. There's something weird going on, but I'll handle it. We'll handle it. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, You know, it, it really is this exciting Jedi version of I've been in this job for a long time. I'm not, you know, it got some complaints about it, but I'm just doing it to get it done. And yeah. then he meets Anakin and it feels like his, you know, just all of his beliefs are in, reinvigorated, right? That mm-hmm. uh, there is um, that the just like the true power of the force, that there could be a virgence centered around a person and that. The force could be um, directing, uh, both directing Qui-Gon's actions and obeying his commands, right? Of yeah. the force made sure that he met Anakin, but now the choice is in front of Qui-Gon. And it is future looking because he believes that he will be the chosen one and he will bring balance to the force. Uh, so that is very future looking. Uh, but it is also really Qui-Gon taking his advice of living in the moment of, yeah, but the choice of how you are going to respond to meeting this child is now Mm. and it's your choice. And he makes those choices with such conviction, you know? And I think that's really, you know, he he transitions from doing his job as a Jedi, the council and the Republic are sending him on his mission. He's doing it. And by the end of the film, he's like, no, I'm truly following the force. I'm following the will of the force. I'm following my convictions. And this kid is what is important. And making choices in the moment to play this out is what is important. And I'm not backing down on that conviction. Yeah, I, I love that you said uh, kind of confirming. It, it's it's like you can always see if this is just, if he never meets Anakin, right? Even if some of the bigger stuff is happening. And, uh, you know, he's, hey, we were, po- we, we were poisoned uh, by the Trade Federation. Not good. Things are going up. Never meets Anakin. Does he eventually you take the, that promotion? 
you know? It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, fine. I'll go to the Jedi Order. Maybe I can change. And we, we know now a little bit more of him and his youth and the prophecies and the stuff with Dooku and some of the great Claudia Gray stuff out there. We know a lot about that, but it makes sense that he is um, the first to lo- to learn from the uh, Force Priestess, uh, Priestesses, the uh, the cosmic living force and in, in, in retaining um, uh, your identity, so to speak, in, 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 the, in, in the cosmic force. It makes sense that he's that one because this is he's v- very selfless, uh, very staying true to what the Force wills or what he believes the force wills and so like i said it's it's, it's this uh i like that i like what you're saying it's like he he, he came down the mountain it's like everything i've everything i've been believing and saying turns out it's true and i'm sticking around for it yeah and i think it shows this um jedi balance to me of you should be adaptable you should be flexible you should question your convictions right uh because questioning your convictions is valuable because you might realize you're wrong and you need to change but questioning your convictions is also right because you might go, yeah, no, I stopped. I held it up to the light. I thought about it from every angle. I asked uh, other people and I'm clear that <laughs> I'm on the right path. And I feel like that's what's a lot going on with Qui-Gon is he's always, uh, he's adaptable. He's flexible. He's questioning things. But when he is absolutely certain, he is remaining certain. And that's, that's what feels like kind of emotionally uh, transforms in him of like, uh, I am uh, convinced that I am following the spirit of being a Jedi and the spirit of understanding uh, the force. And I'm not going to back down on that. Yeah. And he very, yeah, very, he's still living in the now, even though, and that's something that uh, uh, keeps going on with this character. We call it Yoda kind of in, in a later encounter is kind of like, Hey, who's Darth Sidious? Uh, I know the answer. You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. That's not a, yeah. It's such a complex moment in the clone yeah. wars yeah. Uh, yeah. of like, yeah, I mean, there, you can get into just the basic storytelling. Like, yeah, Force Ghosts could ruin everything yeah. <laughs> for storytelling. But it's far more interesting to engage on it on a, a character level of, uh, mm-hmm. of Qui-Gon is, is a part of the Force and he is directing Yoda toward the choices that Yoda can make, you know? Yeah. Um, let's talk about Qui-Gon and being morally dubious. Uh, you mentioned this. Do you feel like in The Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon does make any morally dubious choices? Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, three three pops of mine. Um, the, I would the, say that's a lot. Well, the... the uh, but I, I, in every case, I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm a great Jedi fan. No, um... The, the most famous one's the Chance Cube one, right? I mean, yeah, that's the one that I was thinking about. Yeah, I mean, we, we can talk about that there. I also, early on, I mean, he's he has no reservations about using some mind control over Boss Nass. He's just like, hey, can we get your help? No, okay, thank thanks for the speed us on our way. <laughs> yeah, just, the, Boss Nass Watto, it is it is really his his go to. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Wada one is great. Wh- whatever you think about a Todarian, uh, you know, being uh, uh, you know resistant to, to mind control, there, um, the the the, the Qui Gon face that Leah makes is just great. God, I can't do it here. <laughs> um, so there's that one there. I also listen one. I don't think it's a huge one. I just I was again I was rewatching this scene a little more closely when he's secretly uh, testing Anakin. I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but there was a lot of uh, I don't know, just like. He's not upfront about it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that he's it. testing his blood for infections, right? Yeah. Let me just say, uh, hey, wait, look over there. Prick. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe give Anakin some more choice. But I think he does. I mean, it, it, the choice is uh, on Anakin in the end to leave. But um, 
Uh, so that's not a big one for me. The chance cube one is big, but I was just, I was just really paying close attention to Qui-Gon in, in the first, uh, you know, half of that film about what he does. that's a little uh, dubious. Yeah, I think I have a hard time now watching Phantom Menace and and thinking about the morally dubious choices without bringing in some of the other great storytelling that's been done mm-hmm. uh, by Claudia Gray. Uh, but also, you know, there's a passage in the Rise of Skywalker novelization that I that I really really like about Leia reflecting on her path through the Force and Ray's path through the Force, being that they've never had the luxury of being sort of a masters who get to. Uh, stop and study and contemplate in none of it none of their actions have ever been theoretical they've always been the pressures of the real world right now right and i really like thinking about the jedi that way and and this conflict in the phantom menace of a lot of the council has gotten to that point of like well we uh we we debate the theory of the thing or you know impart a rule that's gonna affect somebody else somewhere far away and Qui-Gon's really got this perspective of like I like being out among the people where the choices are real you right. know and he could probably have a robust theoretical debate about the morality of mind tricking Watto yeah but he's got this like well uh my primary mission is to protect the queen and probably figure out what's going on because none of this is right and there's definitely something more at work here uh, which he's very right about. Um, and I don't have any money or any uh, resource to get money. I offered the money I actually do have, and he won't take it. So, uh, you know, what is what is in the best interest? You know, because those are the realities. <laughs> yeah. I can try to mind trick, you know, or, or not, or keep putting this uh, queen in our mission in jeopardy. And it, down, down uh, on the planet, in the real world, yeah. not in theory, he makes his choice. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, look, uh, you know, he tells Anakin our meeting was not a coincidence. Nothing happens by accident. And then I don't think that's wrong at all, I think. But once he locks in on that, he's going to make sure uh, that accident has great purpose or that non-accident <laughs> remains purposeful. Chance cube coming away? No, this is the way it's going to go. I, yeah, you're right. I, it, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, uh, Dexter Jetster would probably appreciate Qui-Gon's look at knowledge versus wisdom. <laughs> yeah. The chance cube thing is, I think, uh, a great uh, debate. I will say morally dubious um, yeah. because I think it it pulls at Qui-Gon's perceptions, right? Uh, his different perspectives um, that he says nothing happens by accident and is uh, trusting the will of the force. But maybe when he says nothing happens by accident, he means a combination of the will of the force and uh, people making choices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, yeah, he absolutely could have just taken the chance that it it landed on Shmi, right? And he could have said, well, it's always meant to happen that way. Um, but this is that fascinating path of when does, a, when does a Jedi trust that something out of their control happened the way it was supposed to happen mm. versus when is something in their control actively in the moment so the choice is being presented to them you know and i think qui-gon clearly uh, sees that as a moment of well i have the power to influence this uh in the moment so i'm gonna make the active choice that it should be the boy because i think it's really important to the galaxy Hey, and he says, whatever you gamble, my friend, eventually you'll lose. He doesn't want to take that chance. He doesn't want to lose. You know what? This You're right. This whole thing is just a gambling PSA. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. When you gamble, eventually some Jedi's going to flip your chance cube. So yeah. kids, don't gamble. <laughs>
Any other morally dubious choices you wanted to discuss? Well, it's, um, I wouldn't call it morally dubious. Qui-Gon would just simply say, it's a mistake. You touched upon it, but forcing Kenobi's hand to teach Anakin uh, in a way, like, I think it's right. I think it was right. I, that's why I'm not saying it's, maybe it's not morally du- dubious, but it's definitely a mistake, and it's definitely something he admits to later on uh, with uh, Obi-Wan in the desert there. So, um, but again, it's it's not unlike Chance Cube moment for me. It's like, look, you got to do this. Like, we've got to use, I've got to use my influence here in this moment to make sure this happens. It, it tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's really interesting. Uh, I got to reread that uh, short story in in from a certain point of view because that is a really great one. Um, but it's really interesting to to try to consider Anakin from Qui Gon's perspective. If Anakin saw, or if Qui Gon saw Anakin is just massive potential, mm. one way or the other, right? And that he was really focusing on the light, and that his focus is, you know, uh, don't just throw him away because that he he needs help and guidance in order to make the right choices and really focusing on uh if anakin can can go either way then he's got to go this way and obi-wan please make sure he goes that way you know yeah yeah it's it's i mean i'm not gonna read all of it but i mean just he i owe you that qui-gon says after all i'm the one who failed you uh, kenobi failed me and and, and qui-gon literally says he he thought his mistake so wretched so obvious that's why Obi-Wan had never discussed it with him before in their um, communing on Tatooine. And so it, it, it laid, uh, it, lay, it was heavy on Qui-Gon's uh, living in cosmic heart. Yeah, no, that's, that is great. Uh, I, I remember that now that you're bringing up, but I had forgot about that. And I do, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what, uh, what future Qui-Gon storytelling uh, we might have. I, I like the idea of Qui-Gon uh, looking back and taking some responsibility because there's definitely some things with Anakin that don't go great, right? <laughs> yeah. And hearing Qui-Gon's thoughts on those and culpability is great. Uh, had Qui-Gon survived, do you think he would have taken Anakin back to Tatooine even just to visit Shmi? Do you think uh, Qui-Gon would have made an effort to free Shmi? Where does your mind go on that big Star Wars question. My mind goes that he would have tried to free Shmi, and yes, we'll insert all their uh, uh, Qui-Gon Shmi heat jokes in as needed later on, I guess. But no, I think he would have, that would have been on his heart. But I I don't know if he would have bucked, bucked the system that much to take Anakin to see her, even officially or unofficially. I don't know where I land on that in the uh, officially. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? But I, I think he would have been like, look, there's some... We're, we got to do something about this. We can't ignore the, the, the slave trade on Tatooine too much or something like that. I think that would have been on his heart. Yeah, I think so too. I think, yeah, I think if Qui-Gon had lived, it, uh, to me, it, it's, I like the idea that Obi-Wan did a good job of generally communicating the same lessons to Anakin that Qui-Gon would have, but there wasn't that same uh, calm paternal presence in that Qui-Gon might have been able to say, you know, if if the will of the force wills it, you know, you will see Shmi again. But, you know, calm down, meditate, you know, you know, reach out to her in the force or learn to let go and trust that that she is well. And, you know, I think he would have given Anakin some of the same wisdom, but maybe better. Um, yeah, I do think what we've seen in other Qui-Gon storytelling is that he seems to have a very similar uh, vibe to Ahsoka of. It is one thing to know that there are problems 
in the galaxy. It is another to have encountered someone personally who needs help and to have had to walk away. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, I continue to think that, you know, the, the larger story of why didn't the Jedi all just go to um, Tatooine on mass and kick Jabba the Hutt's ass is right. uh, because, you know, they, they don't want to overstep their bounds. They're, you know, really tied to the Republic right now. And also just that, you know, it, it is, it's, it's a very large conflict and are they going to make things better? Are they going to make things worse? Is a, I think a fascinating discussion to have about the Jedi and all that. But I think much like the storytelling that we've got with Padme where, you know, she sends Sabe and is really trying to make a difference on Tatooine. I think Qui-Gon after seeing it, after making an emotional connection himself to Shmi, uh, any jokes you want to make about uh, yeah. them seeming <laughs> yeah. like they were uh, two adults who found great comfort in one another or if you just want to leave it at, there truly seem like compassionate souls yeah. who who uh, who saw one another and connected with one another. There, I feel like Qui Gon would have tried to do something to help her, or just even make sure she's okay. A hundred percent, and a hundred percent. And I just think as 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 Anakin, you know, starts the training, and if Qui Gon's around, he, he's probably calmer. He's probably more centered. All those kind of things. Nothing against Obi Wan in that. But I think if, if those attachment things started to show up, as they're already present in, in Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon's got him before the council, we're watching that this morning. I mean, little Anakin's got some shade going for those Jedi. I mean, he is, he's on it, man. Um, um, I, 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 know, I think Qui-Gon would have been, you know, wise enough to know that, eh, you know, this might be, this either helps it, more likely hurts it. So, yeah, no. Yeah. I think, he, I think he knew he had his work cut out for him. Uh, I didn't think he was like, it's going to be a walk in the park to train Anakin. Yeah. You know, there's even that great line about like when and when Shmi tells Anakin it's his choice. I mean, he's like, it is not an easy path to be a Jedi. Like, I don't think Qui-Gon has the blinders on. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, and neither do we. We're going to look at Qui-Gon, talk about Qui-Gon even more. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into some of the all the fun details uh, that pop up uh, with Qui-Gon and being a fan of this great Jedi. We'll be back in just a moment. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Ken, we're going to talk about a lot of the fun details of the character on screen or on the pages, but I also want to talk about the character in physical reality in merch form. Uh, Did you have Qui-Gon merch back in the day? Did you see Phantom Menace and run out and buy all the Qui-Gons? I mean, I bought most of it before the Phantom Menace. Insert (laughs) cynical comments there, but I was in line. Midnight Toys R Us, Porter Ranch. Definitely got a Qui-Gon Jin action figure. Still have it. Out of package. Got the chip. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I don't think I had any... If there's anything big, I didn't have it. But I definitely, you know, I had all the Pepsi cans until they just leaked one day into my... uh, <laughs> um, so anything like that, but only, the only specific get was uh, was the uh, the Qui Gon uh, three and three quarter. Yeah, I had a lot of Qui Gon back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I bought the action figure because uh, there's the one without the brown robe, just the um, under tunic. Uh, yeah. So I had that one, and then I also I really liked the look of the three and three quarter with the brown tunic. So I got that one. There was a third Qui-Gon in the Phantom Menace line that I was just looking up where he's like, his hair's wild and his mouth is open and he comes with his uh, 
his uh Shick Razor. Oh yes, that's right. Uh it's a wild Qui-Gon action figure. It's like Qui-Gon like having a fight on the phone and action <laughs> figure is what it looks like. Uh I don't think I had that one, but I want it now. Oh, that's the uh I've got a very particular set of skills, Qui-Gon. <laughs> yes, that is that is the taken gen, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, so I had the three and three quarter that I loved. I ended up buying the uh, 12 inch, the more doll like one. Oh, okay. Uh, with the cloth, because uh, I needed it for a comedy sketch. Um, mm. It was a, a, a sketch um, dealing with different, many different ideas about many different religions. And it was the day of the show, and somebody was like, I, I wish we had like some, you know, image uh, for Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I went to Target and it's like, I wanted to buy this anyway. So there you go. Um, and then, uh, since I bought that Qui-Gon, I bought the, uh, 12 inch, uh, Obi-Wan and, uh, Maul as well. Yeah, absolutely. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they were posed and having a good old time fighting <laughs> in my apartment. All three of them. Great. Uh, and then I had the, the Qui-Gon Jinn lightsaber, you know, um, oh, yeah, technology yeah. has come a long way, but back then it was pretty great that they, it mostly there was still the big shaft at the bottom but you could still flick it and it would you know right uh ignite um and i had the qui-gon one and did a whole big comedy sketch uh with that with a big lightsaber fight so i spent a lot of time just physically uh those next couple of years with with qui-gon in my life qui-gon in your life <laughs> Yeah. So is he a collectible character for you now? I know we both have limits of uh, time and space for, for merch that we collect, but do you, if time and space was not an obstacle, do you want more Qui-Gon merch? Is, is he a character that you want to collect? Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I would. Um, I, I would probably buy... I'd probably buy a, a Qui-Gon uh, cloak because Yoda even, uh, you know, essentially buys a Qui-Gon cloak. Keeps it, <laughs> and that's what he's uh, got at his hut there. Uh, I'd take that. I would definitely take the Liam Neeson uh, yellow, uh, neon yellow shades that are out there from the <laughs> Madness Scenes thing. Um, I'd take a Qui-Gon wig. I mean, I just, I'd probably need oh, a yeah. in my life. I, I, I'd wear that. Um, yeah, and, you know, I know that yeah, I, don't, I don't have any any Black Series figure. I don't have any of those, but any, anything more from, from Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, um, especially now, as, as just my appreciation uh, grows of the character, I want more Qui-Gon. Yeah, yeah. Um, for myself, uh, definitely a time and, and space and money allowing, I would like more. There's another Qui-Gon figure from back in the day in, in Phantom Menace uh, that is uh, the OPC killer uh, with swimming Qui-Gon. <laughs> oh, yeah whose ankles are are set up to uh be in swimming mode. I don't even know if he stands. I don't I don't have the action figure so I don't know if you can bend the ankles to get him to stand or if they're in permanent uh, swimming mode. I think that's probably the way, but saw one in, one of those at San Diego Comic-Con a couple of years back and looked it up again on the internet for this episode. I was like, yeah, it's just one of those packages that also just celebrates this is how extensive the Phantom Menace merch was that scenes that were not in the film were represented mm -hmm. in action figure form. Totally. Yeah. Um, I would also, if they continue to do uh, some more of these kind of different lines like they're doing, you know, with the Lucasfilm 50th anniversary, and I, I like the video game greats, if they started doing, you know, comics and books greats, mm. uh, I'd love an action figure of Dooku as a Jedi and Qui-Gon as a Padawan. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so thank you for indulging uh, my merch yeah. obsession, Ken. Love it. 
go back to the uh, the film Phantom Menace and talk about some of the just the details. We talked about the big picture, the themes. I want to get into some of the fun details. Yeah. Did you have a favorite action moment of Qui-Gon in the Phantom Menace? Because for as calm and peaceful as he is, he gets up to a lot of action. Oh, yeah. Look, the double doors open. Maul's there and Qui-Gon's will handle this. That's a great. That's just a whole great little sequence there. Um, I I, I think um, it's so quick and brief and everything, but it, it's underrated. But the 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 Maul in the desert fight, the, the little precursor there on Tatooine, Qui-Gon's ready, man. He, he, you know, Anakin, get out. He's right in there. He, he, he is calm as he is and collected. He's also plugged in. He knows trouble when he sees it. And I love that little sequence. Yeah, he just feels the dark side running him down. It's so great. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great moments in the lightsaber fight. Uh, but one of the moments that I think perhaps we have gone six years of talking about Star Wars without me mentioning this, which is shocking. Wow. Could be wrong. Uh, but there's that one cool move on Naboo uh, when they're freeing uh, Padme and fighting the battle droids uh, where he does that fast deignite and holstering of his lightsaber it's not holstered because it's putting it on his belt but it's got that energy yeah you know where he's like he's made the last chop and he's doing the force push and he's just putting the lightsaber away at the same time it is you know for a film that is like trying to have good action but also just really trying to be heartfelt and empathetic it's kind of a badass action moment of like wow that guy's cool <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a cowboy uh reholstering the weapon for sure no I, I i love a lot of those little moments there's some uh Obi-Wan moments too, that even on Naboo, uh, you know, the sound that droid makes when they fling it against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A little, little there. And look, I, you know, um, we can't, we got to talk about the opening moments of, of Phantom Menace where we're all, you know, figuring out, wait a minute, what are we watching? This feels slightly different. Uh, and all of a sudden Qui-Gon sticks his lightsaber in a door and melts it open. Oh, Yeah. I remember thinking, you know, because already I'm like, I don't know about this movie, but that's cool. And so there <laughs> started the internal debate over Phantom Menace right from the beginning. <laughs> right from the door, from the burning. Yeah. 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 I, no, I totally understand, you know. Uh, but it is. It's one of, one of those many moments in Phantom Menace that is just really having this sense of, of, of fun and expanding and not treating everything like it's sacred, but mm. playing with things, you know, I'm like, sure. Of course a Jedi weapon could do that. Why not? Yeah. No, I, I, my cousin who was, who was seven at the time, this is my same age as seeing return of the Jedi. Uh, I, I would have those discussions with him uh, about Phantom Menace and he loved it. It was his favorite star Wars film. But I just was like, Oh, come on. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> star Wars film? And that was one of the moments because, and then he puts the lightsaber in the door and I was like, well, you know, he's right about that. <laughs> just <laughs> Kids got me there. Yeah. Yeah, the door burn is pretty cool. Uh, the other thing that I slotted under action moment, because uh, it really is an action moment, it, the kneeling in battle, mm -hmm. uh, you know, waiting for the, the laser gates to open. I think the the contrast, you know, we've talked a lot about the contrast between, you know, Qui-Gon kneels and Maul paces, you know, angrily and, and Obi-Wan hops up and down. Uh, but Qui-Gon just... He's very, very calm and centered. He does not enjoy uh, battle. It is very much like, uh, you know, watching it and like, oh, yeah, when Yoda's saying Jedi don't uh, crave action or excitement. <laughs> yeah. This is what he's talking about. But maybe uh, under discussed is how cool it is when his eyes flick open and he launches right back into it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right into like, it. 
the kneeling is cool, but the launching back into it is is cool, you know, because it, it really illustrates like it's not that I'm not willing to move fast and decisively and, you know, uh, take part in this violence because it is I deem it to be necessary to keep the queen safe. Um, I can absolutely do that, but I'm doing it from this uh, place of of calm. Mm-hmm. It just makes that so clear. Yeah, and he and he's so committed as what we we talked about in the first half. He's so committed to this fight, this duel of fate. Uh, that uh, yeah, absolutely. He's he's. Uh, I'm taking a breath, but don't you think for a second I'm not in this? Yeah, because the eyes open and the lightsaber comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other action moments for you? I mean, that, we'll submit that that whole fight. <laughs> Good stuff. I mean, he he's uh he's a tough he's a tough guy, man. I mean, he's taking some uh, kicks and falls and a lot of things going on there with Maul. Uh, yeah. He's uh, a lot younger and uh, maybe a lot more uh you know, skilled in a certain in that certain style of fighting. Um yeah, so Yeah. He, you know, he's hand, he's handing it out too that uh oh, yeah. that uh backside punch, right? That uh, mm-hmm. back fist punch. Eh, yeah. Hold yeah, on. old Qui-Gon's not holding back. Um did you have uh, some favorite character moments, little things in the Phantom Menace? It, it, it's the dinner scene on Tatooine with Shmi, even the grabbing of uh, Jar Jar's tongue. <laughs> it's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and then I do like, it, it's not his necessarily greatest moments or proudest moments, but, it, you know, because he is, he's very condescending at Padme at least two or three times. Um and but I like it's 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 a little bit of a human moment. It's a little bit of frustration. It's a little bit of like you know I got this. What you know? Trust me, <laughs> trust me. And he doesn't necessarily handle it in the best way, um, but it's just um, just so it makes him a complete character for me. Yeah, it makes him a human who is striving to be oh. at his best, not just like I figured it all out. I'm effortlessly great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which is uh, easy to think, or easy to think that's what you want. Particularly like the, even the idea of uh, that. Hey, that's Kenobi's role. That, yeah, that 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 would mean that we'd start with him, kind of already learned. <laughs> yeah, no, I like I like the like the bumps and bruises on the way, and Qui Gon has a couple of those moments. Yeah, absolutely. The the hands on the hips when they uh, when the Jedi tell him they're not going to train Anakin. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's some, that, that's as angry as Qui-Gon gets. That's mm-hmm. spicy. Ugh. Hands on hips. <laughs> Uh-oh. Spicy Qui-Gon. <laughs> spicy Qui-Gon. Yeah. Um, a couple for me that I've just always loved, in, and it go back to times when I, I had more criticisms of Phantom Menace or more affected by my criticisms, uh, and I would watch it a lot on VHS and DVD mm-hmm. and just really concentrate on the moments that I liked, you know? Right. Um, been a lot of evolution since then. But some of those always, I think, really stick with me because of that experience. But I love everything about when he gets back on the, the Naboo ship after uh, facing Maul in the desert of that he's uh, winded and sweaty. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in particular, uh, when Obi-Wan and Anakin meet, which is such a monumental, like, uh, they that's them meeting and, and Anakin's got that plucky, you know. Oh, so you're a Jedi too. Pleased to meet you. Yeah. And Anakin or uh, Qui Gon has that little laugh of just, it's just so human. It's just like, yeah, no, um, we're really used to conducting ourselves in a certain way because that's, that's the way, you know, the Jedi are. That's the way sort of Coruscant society is. Uh, we're diplomats and monks. And here's this kid going, ah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he has that very human laugh at it. I love that beat. There's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, any any other moments for you? Um, I'm trying to, no, the the 
again, the dinner table stuff, but even um, the quiet moment with, uh, and it's and it's a much mocked moment of uh, you know Master Qui Gon, what are midi chlorians and and whatnot. I, there's just such warmth there. You see it. You see what Qui Gon could have been for Anakin, uh, and you see the warmth versus just the cold, uh, just the treatment from the Jedi uh, Council all through yeah. the film. Um, again, if you haven't rewatched the Phantom Menace in a while, which for us is usually like two weeks, um, <laughs> just Anakin, you know, Jake Lloyd, man, I, I get, he, he has some great moments in that council chamber where he is just daggers at Sam Jackson. <laughs> daggers at, at Mace. And it's like, don't worry, kid, you'll get your revenge. I don't want you to have your revenge. It's a bad thing that happens, but you'll get it later on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to take to take that and then to put it with just some of the really warm uh, parental fatherly moments with Qui Gon, it just it uh, it, it makes it uh, even more valuable. Right? Yeah that that feeling of uh, I have questions and I am comfortable asking you and Qui Gon being like, of course, let me just answer and and just reassure you. There's just so much reassurance, right? Of like, yeah. even if you don't fully understand now, you will later, and this is just the beginning. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You know. It's really nice. Uh, one of the other favorite little moments is uh, kind of on the other end of the spectrum from the the laugh when Obi-Wan and Anakin meet. There's a moment toward the end of the, the fight with Maul uh, where there's a little pause and they both kind of refresh and, uh, and Maul has just this sneering evil mm-hmm. and Qui-Gon kind of pulls back and he has a look of almost disgust. Mm. Uh, and it, it's always been like just a powerful little beat because it's not just a little break in the fight. It's not just a little pause. It's like emotion from both of them. Mm. And from Maul, it's just a hate kill. And it's Qui-Gon's just re- reacting to it like it almost is sickening him to be yeah. that close to someone emitting that much energy of the dark side. Mm. Good pull. Good just, pull. Yeah, it's just it makes it really human. I've always really liked that moment. Mm. Uh, let's move on to then a, a big thing. A uh, favorite bit of Qui-Gon wisdom or a specific quote in The Phantom Menace. Uh, Qui-Gon might be among the most quotable of The Phantom Menace. Uh, what? Where do you go to? What is your favorite? Um, yeah, as far as in The Phantom Menace, uh, then I think we probably both have a couple outside of it for sure here, right? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, um, I, I, it, always a bigger fish. You tell me you can't use that in life, number one. <laughs> and you can't tell me that the beginning of The Phantom Menace, that Qui-Gon Jinn's going, there's always a bigger fish. All the Jedi should have been, they they end up scrambling to try to find that bigger fish. There's a bigger yep. fish band at all, but it's just, you know, I, I'm not saying it's super, super intentional by, by George there, but it, it just, that line has a lot of meaning, other than just being a little funny, a little funny in the moment, but also uh, poignant and, and purposeful. Uh, that uh, So right at the top, I mean, you know, uh, Obi-Wan, uh, you know, I got a bad feeling about this whole exchange at the beginning of the movie. And well, Master Yoda says I should be mindful of future. And, and for Qui-Gon to say, but not at the expense of the moment, be mindful of the living force, not at the expense of the moment is, is what drives him through this entire movie, right? It's right there. And I just, uh, I love that one too, even for ourselves. Uh, if you want to, Anxiety is a real uh, problem. Uh, Depression is a real problem. All those kind of things. And they're both two different directions of of the same stresses and same worries. And just it, you should always be mindful of that stuff, uh, but but not at the expense of yourself in the moment. It's uh, it works for me on a lot of levels. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just the, kind of the the idea of the living force, the the energy that individuals and, mm-hmm. and you know, 
living things generate and being aware of, you know, in the moment, who are you with and what are they feeling and why, you know, uh, all that stuff is really great. Uh, I love what you're saying about there's always a, a bigger fish. It is a funny line, but it also speaks to a lot of that, like uh, almost a philosophy of being a little bit more calm of like being aware of the situation that you're in, but also being aware that it could change any time. And, you know, cause that's literally what happened. We're like, well, we're being attacked by that fish, but then that fish is being attacked. And, uh, I love what you're saying of basically when that conversation at the end between Yoda and Mace Windu about which was destroyed, the master of the apprentice, you know, you almost want to have Qui-Gon go, remember, there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger she fish. Um, it just pops up off the funeral pyre. Always a bigger fish. Drops back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think also just in my life experience, there's always a bigger fish. Uh, I think that resonates in moments where I've become very focused on or obsessed on, on some, thing that is uh not going right or something i'm angered by Mm -hmm. and oftentimes when i look back of like that thing didn't end up mattering in in the big picture Mm because the situation changed the circumstances changed my focus my understanding Mm -hmm. changed and that thing i was really upset about uh didn't really matter because a a bigger fish is coming along yeah yeah which uh, I think flows nicely into one that you and I love and have used and talked about. Your focus determines your reality is one of those ones. And you talk about my growth uh, and and just appreciating Qui-Gon going from, uh, I liked him, don't know why he's there, to me just taking things in my own life and just going, oh, Star Wars is trying to tell me stuff. (laughs) Well, your focus determines reality because I am – uh, you know, grumpy and a curmudgeon when I need to be for show, but also for, for life at times. But um, it's always a battle. It's always a battle for me and for a lot of us. And uh, that is an important quote. And it's uh, comes from Qui-Gon and Phantom Menace. So that's why I really, I really started to be like, man, what, what else is there for me for this, from this guy? Yeah. Yeah. I really love your focus determines your reality. I think when I was uh, young, it it felt a little generic, like some generic wisdom. Yeah. Yep. Uh, You know, uh, put a smile on your face and you'll have a great day. (laughs) Like, I think I took it a little bit, uh, you know, at the surface level and continuing to rewatch Phantom Menace, it started to, uh, you know, take on more meaning for me in terms of Anakin's journey and his, his failure to follow that. And, uh, its connection to Obi-Wan's wisdom uh, that our perspective uh, does determine your reality. Our, our perspective of the truth, you know, mm-hmm. uh, changes how we see things. Um, and I think it, it only grows in importance in terms of uh, applying it to your own life if you want to. Of You know, it's not that your focus determines your reality in terms of like, if something's awful, just have a good attitude and it'll be fine it's not that service level. It is much more about those options of, uh, I am today. I have some good things and some bad things. So I could be, as I sometimes am extremely tight and angry about Mm. the bad things. Mm -hmm. And I can put my focus on the bad things. Yeah. Or I can try to take a deep breath, (laughs) take a knee like Qui-Gon and focus on, uh, the parts of the day that are going good or focus on, yeah, maybe this other person in my life upset me, but I, I know they're having a bad day and I'm going to focus on that. And then right. suddenly instead of being angry, I feel more empathetic, you know? And, and I think that's what your focus determines your reality can do for me on my best days. 
uh, when I'm able to do that. I don't think it's ever about just like uh, smile your troubles away. (laughs) It is about choosing to try to to focus on how you you're you're framing, you know, your day, your reality. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Qui-Gon. Thanks, Qui-Gon. Uh, any other quotes you wanted to discuss? Uh, from uh, uh, the, the, the movie, or you want to you want to transition to? Uh, uh, well, let me. I'll, I want to shout out one other one from the, the yeah. movie. Um, for the 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 giving Anakin advice about uh, how to handle himself in the in the pod race. You know, concentrate mm-hmm. on the moment, feel, don't think, uh, use your instincts. Uh, we've talked about that one a lot. That is one that I know uh, several listeners have had. A, a profound effect. We've heard some from listeners who, who heard that at the right time in their lives when they were young or a different time in their lives where they really needed that. Uh, that one is always powerful to me. I think if nothing else, uh, Star Wars and philosophy around the force is just a great creative advice. Um, mm-hmm. And that one is always uh, powerful to me uh, when getting caught up in, you know, being a little bit too uptight about uh, a, a a joke or a structure of writing of just remembering to take a deep breath and trust yourself. That one's always big to me. So Mm. I wanted to shout that one out as well and move on to uh, some great Qui-Gon moments uh, outside of the Phantom Menace. So where'd you go there, Ken? Well, I, you know, we got the, the big uh, turn towards it uh, because it is like, quote which maybe we can get to in a second here absolutely the whole thing i think that one's been pretty valuable to our conversations and just star wars overall and what you and i feel uh just generally feel uh that uh, star wars uh, maybe asks you you know <laughs> what's yes. your choice gonna be um but one uh, again um and I, I i i gotta admit i totally forgot i, I should have pulled the age of republic qui-gon one shot out too uh, I believe that was by Jody Hauser. I think that yes. was a great. I don't. I got. I totally forgot about that one. I would have pulled that out this morning over coffee. I, I feel bad. I'm. I'm sure I'm missing something great in that. <laughs> um, but going back to the Master and Apprentice uh, short story by Claudia Gray. Uh, it is the. Uh, I guess spoilers for anyone who hasn't read it yet. Uh, it's him and, and Obi Wan having a conversation. Of course, while Luke is heading back to his homestead, this is why three PO and R two are putting the uh, uh, bodies of the Jawas on the funeral pyre they've made there. That's when this conversation happens. And you know, Obi Wan's not long for this world, and Qui Gon knows this, but he can't he can't tell him. And much like won't tell Yoda the answer. Um, uh, and 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 there's he says because uh, Obi Wan says to him, "I'll never he- hesitate to call upon you." As they're breaking off their communication, and, and Qui Gon, you know, is thinking the words say that's not the kind of meeting Qui Gon means. But there's no point in saying so. The truth will unfold itself in time. It always does. That's kind of a Qui Gon thought. I just I just love that one. That one spoke to me for a lot of a lot of different reasons. And one of them uh, is is in Star Wars talking about. Um, choices uh often the truth is a path and when the truth kind of reveals itself uh it's um you can react to it your focus determines reality you can react how you're going to deal with that truth the truth that's in front of you and uh how you choose uh, maybe decides where you go from here and where you go next and you and i are talking a lot about choices and and your focus and and whatnot and be mindful in the now but then obi-wan excuse me qui-gon adapts adapts even in that short story talks about he talks about with kenobi how you've adapted to where you are you adapted to your journey you've done it so well paraphrasing but so that one spoke to me of just the truth will unfold itself in time you can look at it just as information but also think for us personally um the truth the way you need to go it 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 does what you need to do or maybe what you're feeling 
and how you need to react to something, situations, uh, circumstances, people, how you should treat them, all those kind of things. The truth will be revealed in time, and then there you have a big giant choice. And that comes uh, uh, comes from Qui-Gon then, you know, those thoughts. And there's another great Qui-Gon uh, words to m- m- ponder and meditate on. Yeah, great uh, pondering and meditating words. Yeah, I love that. Um, lo- love that one. Um, I think for me, I am I am really affected by his appearance in Clone Wars, guiding Yoda on his journey. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such an important part of Qui-Gon's journey. And I think sometimes when I think about his, his being the the character who uh, discovered that there was a, perhaps a, a path to this retaining your identity within the force. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times when we talk about it, it can be sort of um, to, to figure out all those connections of like, okay, well he kind of half figured it out, but then he taught it to Yoda and then Yoda taught it to Obi-Wan and like it in, you know, nothing with the force spirits is ever like super hard canon. Cause it's extremely mystical. It's another yeah. reality. It's another means of existing that you know can only only so uh be understood um i really like spending time uh on that clone wars series that clone wars arc it is yoda's story but thinking about qui-gon as a character of why did he choose to start down this path and what is he focused on what kind of wisdom is he trying to give yoda and you know Mm -hmm. there isn't any um it's such a, a a presentation of uh being in inside the forces a just a pure wisdom mm. right and and no animus right there's no like should have listened to me a long time ago yoda <laughs> yeah. you know there's none of their you know butting heads and disagreeing he's just this voice of like i i started down the path and mm-hmm. you know you need, I, I believe you need to make the choice to follow, uh, the path that I started and, mm. and I will be your guide. And it's, it's just all very, very, uh, peaceful and interesting to think about from the perspective of Qui-Gon as a character, not just Qui-Gon as a bridge to this power. Mm. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And in fact, that made me remember one of the details that I love from that master and apprentice short story, uh, which is that picture of, of Qui-Gon reassembling himself because Obi-Wan was calling. So great. It's very, very, uh, you know, mystical. It's very spiritual. Um, it, it's a great way to sort of literalize, like, going into the Force is this other, uh, this other reality, this other existence that, you know, we can't, and you know, in the storytelling probably shouldn't entirely comprehend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That it's this very otherworldly thing and that Qui-Gon is in this other state, this other existence, uh, but Obi-Wan needs him, so he will piece himself back together as Obi-Wan knew him. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Uh, on the off chance, if you've listened this far and you haven't read that story, I'm, I'm <laughs> most you have. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Um, one other bit of storytelling, specifically from the Master and Apprentice novel, is uh, just what a great journey it is with the prophecies, right? Of yes. Qui-Gon having all this life experience with them of Dooku's uh, fascination and Qui-Gon wondering if being fascinated with prophecies is uh, dangerously focusing on the future. And then a prophecy uh, comes up in their uh, mission that he and Obi-Wan are on. And he's got that this great response of, I'm not going to obsess over what I feel I can't control. I'm going to let the prophecy uh, play out and you know only react when it it feels like it, it is my my time to react in in the moment and that was a really great 
meditation on prophecies in Star Wars, but also the character Qui Gon. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, I, yeah, that that book is uh, deserves a re reread because uh, there's some great stuff in there, and there's a lot of plot, and and some of the plot uh, is is doesn't grab me as much as other Claudia Gray books. But that man, that Qui Gon Obi Wan stuff, just there. They're working out their problems. <laughs> the end of yep. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, and it does. It absolutely portrays him as is somebody who is working through things and trying to figure out and wondering if he's he's given Obi Wan everything that he can and maybe Obi Wan be better off without him and yeah, yeah. All, all sorts of great stuff. Mm. Um, do you want to talk about the quote? Yeah, yeah. If, uh, do you have it? I have it all down here. If you need it, uh, or if you uh, have it, if you want to read it. Uh yeah no we we both got it uh, of course we do of course we do. Uh, uh, uh go for it uh I have uh I have a nice I actually saved it it's a picture I did an image search now I now I can frame this and put it on my wall excellent I'm gonna get this crocheted on a pillow it's pretty long but uh it matters which side we choose even if there will never be more light than darkness even if there can be no more joy in the galaxy than there is pain for every action we undertake for every word we speak for every life we touch it matters i don't turn toward the light because it means someday i'll win some sort of cosmic game i turn toward it because it is the light mm. it's a beautiful beautiful i mean i don't want to call it a quote it's a beautiful uh, part of that story from Master and Apprentice. Uh, and I, so I don't want to immediately go negative with it, but it's like that, that that's, that's the anti-gray Jedi speech right there, man. Yeah, it really is. And, and I, I think it is such a great insight on, uh, in particular, that, that turn of phrase of win some sort of cosmic game. Mm-hmm. It really is just like, a small moment of kindness is worth it for being a small moment of kindness and nothing else. Right. Yeah. That that has value all by itself, you know? And even if, you know, maybe somebody's reaching out to you for help mm. and ultimately you can't help them. And, you know, maybe, maybe their life, you know, goes in not a great direction, but that moment where you reached out and were kind to them and they felt light and they felt, love even in that moment that moment matters that that's really really powerful to me in, in interpreting star wars in that way of like yeah the 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 larger fate of our whole connected community and the larger fate of of the force matters but so does just every little individual moment and not as a stepping stone to get to something mm-hmm. else but just as a moment in and of itself yeah those small moments that matter because they matter just those matter those moments matter you're right it's not karma points it's not building up your powers um <laughs> and yeah there's bigger things at stake and yeah there's a lot going on and and all those kind of things but it it, it really this ties into the heart of star wars that we keep all we keep banging that drum uh we keep talking about george giving the speech of uh greed which qui-gon says greed can be a powerful ally you want and it's never enough it's never enough unlimited power even that has its limits and you want more uh and the, and the counter is this no necessary rage no going down the dark side because oh as yoda said will forever dominate your destiny we go towards the light because it is the light that is that is what star wars is saying and it wants you to choose yeah you know, and, and seeing a quote like this even makes me think of, like, The Bad Batch we've been watching. And The Bad Batch does such a great job so far in its three episodes of 
really showing the horror of the empire and how it, it is a dark time right away for everyone. But within that, we're still seeing these moments of light as this, you know, clone uh, unit figures out what they're going to be, who they want to be, and shows, you know, kindness, shows uh, light to Omega, you know, that there is that light going on even in the darkness and that matters. Absolutely. And, and it's found, it's found everywhere. It, it is, um, you know, that balance, uh, the last Jedi kind of montage of life and death and everything you see, uh, it's found everywhere. And those little kindnesses, we talk often about land wicked and helping him and that, that probably helps turn the tide of the war, all those things. That's, that's why they matter, but it's not for that big cosmic win as, uh, um, as uh, Claudia Gray writes, it's, it, they matter right then and there. And, uh, it's also in line with Qui-Gon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts uh, before we move on? No, no. I'm just, uh, should I put an eight by 10 on the wall or 11 <laughs> by 17? I'll figure it out. I think so. I absolutely think uh, a nice big poster. And then the action figure of Qui-Gon swimming right by <laughs> He's swimming toward the light. What are your hopes for Qui-Gon communing with Obi-Wan in the Kenobi series? Are you hopeful that it is there? And if so, are you, you know, hoping for some specific kind of interaction? Yeah, man, I'm hoping it's there. Uh, yeah, we we talked uh, about uh, uh, off-air. Well, you and I mentioned, uh, you know, that we, Kristen Baver mentions that 10-year mark in the Skywalker Family War book. Uh, Claudia Gray talks about roughly about 10 years, maybe, that it took Kenobi that long to learn to communicate to Qui-Gon. You know, you and I both understand that uh, the, the the live action stuff, or at least the the animated too, but the shows and the movies, you know, they're going to tell the story they need to tell. So I hope, I hope we see the first time. I hope it is 10 years in, Kenobi finally figures it out, finally connects with Qui-Gon. And as far as what, what they're talking about, I, I do want that big reveal. The, hey, I got some news for you. Yeah, that is Vader. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that is Anakin and that, all the details, all the details not just in a in a Rick Ollier plot dump, but just uh, <laughs> the weight of it, and maybe Obi Obi Wan at his lowest, Obi Wan trying to figure it out. I'd love just a real long. I'm mean, give me an entire episode. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really powerful, right? That you know Obi Wan is living through a dark time, and he has gone to Tatooine with two missions. You know, uh, watch over Luke and uh, commune with Qui Gon, and Qui Gon wants uh, Yoda. And Obi-Wan to learn this ability to mm -hmm. uh, become one uh, with the Force. So uh, if Obi-Wan has been working through all of his trauma uh, to get to this point where he can commune with Qui-Gon, uh, and if it, that is the story, that it's this amazing emotional breakthrough that he can truly uh, mm -hmm. hear, maybe see, uh, feel his... Uh, his long lost master Qui-Gon what a moment of success and bliss that is for Obi-Wan and then Qui-Gon's like yeah got some news <laughs> yeah uh, that's a great uh just emotional roller coaster to start Obi-Wan off on yeah and we and we know a little bit of the details uh, we do know that Kenobi knows the name Vader as attached right. and everything that we we know all those little details but it's the spirit of the moment maybe it is hey maybe he hasn't heard who that uh, monster going around is uh, I hear there's some big, uh, Palpatine's got some lackey. Yeah. Guess what? His name's Darth Vader. Oh, well, you know, that's the, something like that is what I'd love to, um, just see. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Cause in, in the revenge of the Sith, there is absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but... Obi-Wan aware of, of, of Anakin being called Vader. Uh, 
But even if it isn't a reveal of identity, if it is a reveal of, you know, you're not, you're not done, uh, yeah. you know, Obi-Wan, you've got these, these steps to take, uh, it's still great, uh, emotional interaction that even if it isn't anything to do with a, a revelation. Yeah. Um, yeah. purpose. I also think, yeah. Yeah. I also think that, that the, the appearance of Qui-Gon in that Clone Wars arc where he is guiding Yoda to learn this ability mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, kind of important. He really, he states relatively clearly, like, you know, that Yoda needs to be there for uh, for there to be balance eventually because he will teach the one that will help bring balance. Right. Uh, so I feel like it'll be very interesting to see how much of any sort of communion with Qui-Gon is about Anakin versus Luke right. versus needing Obi-Wan to be in a place to be there for Luke. That's okay. No, that's interesting. You know, cause you, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I love that idea too. I love that take because I, I, you know, the reveal and the detail we've always talked about this Obi-Wan series being this great turning of the page in Obi-Wan's life. Uh, how does he go from the pain, the feeling of guilt to being the uh, the man at the at the at the fire pit when Maul shows up and his purpose is Luke? That that would be a great idea too. Yeah, that's that's a solid point, Joseph. It's like, hey, that's not what. Wake up, snap out of it. That's not why you're here. That's not why you yeah. be mindful of now, now. Yeah, and there's every possibility that it, you know the the story is framed around. Uh, the connection between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and, you know, how much is Qui-Gon perhaps even leading Obi-Wan to uh, deal with his feelings of Anakin so he can move on yeah. to being there for Luke, uh, like letting go of, of the past and looking toward the hope yeah. of the future. Yeah. And learning from the past, not, not, not just letting go and killing it. We'll make sure everyone <laughs> we understand that. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. Mm. Yeah, a lot of great, great possibilities and uh, and open space with uh, with communion, communion with Qui Gon. Very excited for that. Mm. Uh, in future Star Wars st- storytelling about Qui Gon, you know, what kind of relationships or times in his life are you interested in exploring? You know, he's we've got Padawan days with Dooku. We have uh, plenty of room for Qui Gon and Obi Wan adventures. Uh, we got you know Qui Gon and, and Rail Avros hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Uh, butting heads with Yoda in the council. Uh, there's plenty of room in, in Qui-Gon's story for unknown adventures and relationships. You could easily do just, uh, you know, Qui-Gon uh, as a young Jedi Knight before he has any Padawan having his own adventures. What yeah. kind of stuff are you most intrigued by? Well, so the unknown relationships one, you, you know, you could do some late game High Republic storytelling, quite frankly, <laughs> uh, seeing how well it's worked so far High Republic, just some Jedis out and about in the galaxy and seeing a young, fresh Jedi Knight, uh, Qui-Gon doing some of that stuff is great. Um, so there's that. Um, because I want Obi-Wan and Satine so much uh, and, and, and that time away, Qui-Gon factors into that. I'll slide that one in there, but it's not necessarily on my list. Dooku is his teacher's intriguing to me. Uh, a night out drinking with Rail Avaros is amazing. But he, <laughs> in a short, some sort of short story, a one act play, even. Um, I don't mean this is in the joke side of it, but Anakin goes to bed. Qui Gon and Shmi are up talking, and it does not need to go blue. I'm saying it's just on that ledge talking. What are they talking about? Do they have a conversation? Do they have it all? I, I've always chosen to believe that they do. Beyond, we got the one early in the bright sun sunlight where she reveals, eh, no father and everything. But like, 
He takes the blood sample. Anakin's got to go to bed. Shmi come out and did what? What? Give me a one act play of them on that ledge talking about everything, talking about them, and talking about her situation, and talking about what he's learned so far. And I would be, I'd be mesmerized to, to hear that. Yeah, no, I think all jokes aside, I think that's what is so powerful about those just moments between those actors and the way Lucas uh, wrote it and, and shot it in particular, because there's real emotion there of just like real understanding of having having been through hard times, but still being a kind and, and hopeful and aspirational person that there's like that sort of understanding and tenderness between Qui-Gon and Shmi and yeah, if it really was Qui-Gon just being like, tell me about your life, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, and look, yeah, maybe he's in, he's maybe he's got a little tingle. Maybe he's in his heart. He's like, man, if I had another life, a woman like this, it, maybe, maybe. But just a real, just a, just, again, can we have a Lucasfilm at the Pantages Theater? <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, solo adventure, that would be really cool to explore. Uh, I agree with you. The High Republic is is really, I think, showing people like how much um, variety there is in the tale uh, of a Jedi having yep. a, a different adventure where they're challenged. Uh, uh, we've said a lot of complimentary things about Qui-Gon, but he is, uh, he's a challenged uh, human who, mm. you know, can slip and make some mistakes and uh, or feel uh, the temptation to make mistakes. And a solo adventure focusing on that would be great. Um, I would love a novel or an animated movie. I think those are the the venues that are exciting to me. Mm. Uh, that is the story of Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Satine being on the run. Yeah. That's, you know, that's something that we've talked about uh, a lot uh, because it's a great just bit of um, backstory that we learn about Obi-Wan and Satine. And it's very easy to just think about it from the Obi-Wan and Satine uh, standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but... Qui-Gon was there too yeah. <laughs> with these kids kind of falling in love. I believe there is also like kind of a salty line from Qui-Gon uh, to Obi-Wan about it in Master and Apprentice. Uh, yes. Where course, yeah. He, he's kind of reminding him like, well, you, you know, you've had a, you've had some doubts in the Jedi there, kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that, that would be, that probably wouldn't be just a Qui-Gon story. That would probably have a little bit more focus on Obi-Wan and Satine, but you could really frame it as it's, it's all of their story. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what is Qui-Gon thinking and feeling in, in those moments uh, is really great. Love that. Would love that. Yeah. Yeah. I got a final question for you, uh, but I just want to throw it out there. If there's any other big picture Qui-Gon things, any, any, more Qui-Gon thoughts you wanted to share before I ask you the final question. Oh, no, no. I mean, this has been fun. We've been wanting to do this one for a while. And, and I think it was actually the right time. I think uh, Qui-Gon is, is a fine wine of Star Wars. He just uh, <laughs> it's, uh, gets better with age uh, and uh, really does represent, for me personally, my growth as a Star Wars fan. Yeah, no, very well said. Uh, I've always liked uh, Qui-Gon, but I've uh, just uh, only appreciated him more and more as years go on. And it's really exciting to be looking forward to that uh, Kenobi show. And, you know, Qui-Gon's very important to that, even if his, you know, his voice is heard for 30 seconds. Uh, regardless, his his presence, his uh, influence on Obi-Wan is really important. So it it's fun to be heading towards this moment where, uh, you never know if you're going to see a Star Wars character again, but it really makes sense to maybe see a little bit more or hear a little bit more of Qui-Gon and understand his perspective from within the Force. Very, very excited uh, mm-hmm. for that. Final question, Ken. 
if you could commune with Qui-Gon, what advice would you ask him for? <laughs> oh, man. Um, choi- choices stress me out. Like, I, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I, I, I adapt, I move forward. I've got a lot of different phases of my life, but I, I, I sometimes need to be kicked out of, uh, out of the plane with the parachute or sometimes without. And uh, I would probably, anything... I ask him would have to do with, uh, is this the right choice? And he would never give me the answer. (laughs) He would never give me the answer, but he would probably give me the skills needed to trust my instincts in that moment. And, uh, and at the end of the day, that's usually what moves me forward or doesn't move me forward. You know, when I'm like, Oh, nope. Or, or yes. So nothing specific, but I would go to that. I would go to that. Uh, you know, also maybe a little bit what to have for dinner, but I would definitely go to that. Be important. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely ask him about his uh, opinions on the morality of the Jedi mind trick. If he's got any sort of uh, insights, uh, not that I can do that or would do that, but I, I'd, I'd ask him about that probably. Uh, but for myself, I think um, I think one of the things that I wrestle with and you talk about choice is uh, I really value the idea of learning from life, learning from mistakes, learning from observations. But sometimes, you know, you got this pile of lessons and like, I'm good. I got a lot of lessons. Right, right, right. <laughs> but then like, out of these six lessons, which should I apply to my next choice? <laughs> and I think sometimes like wisdom is yeah. knowing which bit of wisdom to use in the moment. Yeah. And uh, I think I would ask Qui-Gon's thoughts on that of like, hey, Qui-Gon, here, here's this choice I'm wrestling with. Um, and here are six bits of wisdom that I could use to inform me. Yeah. How would you handle something like that? And he would probably frame it back to me as a question, as, as <laughs> good masters do. Uh, but I think it would it would help me get uh, get past that moment. Yeah. Six choices all lead to one path. Make sure you understand the path. Well, Qui-Gon! <laughs> Damn it. That does, oh, all right. I'll think about it. I'll take a knee and think about it. Thanks, Qui-Gon. Anyway, thanks, Qui-Gon. That's the message of this episode of Four Center. Big deep dive on the past, the future, and always trying to be present uh, with Qui-Gon Jinn. Again, you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. Uh, this is the present and your future. If you want to find us, yeah, we're on Twitter, Four Center Pod. We're on uh, Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook pages, Four Center Podcast. Podcasts available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. You can find me at Catnapsock. Go to my website, catnapsock.com, or uh, check out what we're doing over at the GPA at the gpa.fun. And for Joseph, uh, you can go find him here. He'll tell you. That's right. Here's where to go find me. You can <laughs> you can uh, go find me uh, on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. It's all at Joseph Scrimshaw. If you're interested in my other comedy adventures, uh, my podcast obsessed comedy albums, uh, future performance dates, all that stuff is on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Qui-Gon Jinn, who we believe to be a true Jedi, this has been Force Center.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.